0: Hello and welcome to Neither the Time Nor the Space, a podcast about Doctor Who. Uh, my name is David, and as always, I am joined by the incorrigible Matt. Hello there. I mean, I assume you're incorrigible. Has anyone ever tried to courage you?
1: Can I use my dictionary? <laughs>
0: <laughs> okay, so, what are, we, what are we talking about today? We're Impossible talking, Planet. That's Satan one. Pit. Yeah. So, um... Episodes mm. 8 and 9 from Season 2. This will be an interesting one, I think... I'm not going to lie. This is one of the ones I was most nervous about. Okay. Because Cards on the Table, it is one of my highlights of Series 2 and one of my favourite David Tennant
1: stories. I'll go Cards on the Table as well. Uh Uh-huh. I loved it. Yes! Uh, Honestly, (laughs) like I think this is probably my favourite we've watched so far. It's so good, isn't it? I, I sat down completely... Uninterested, Mm -hmm. and then by the end, I don't know at which point it happened, but it just roped me in Mm. entirely. Loved it. I've
0: thought before now, if you could somehow write it in a way where the Doctor and Rose don't feature, or or or, you know, write it in such a way that they're just part of the crew or something like that, it would make a fantastic standalone, Mm. like mid-range blockbuster film. It's got a real sort of like. Like late eighties, nineties
1: sci-fi. Yeah, movie it, it vibe reminded to it. me a lot of. Have you ever seen Event Horizon?
0: People do make that comparison. It's been on my to-do list for like a hundred right. years. But yeah, yes, and, I think that's a very common. And it um, almost harks
1: back right. to the old Doom computer games, mm-hmm. not not the film with Vin Diesel and the rock. Yeah, but it's just
0: it's got that atmosphere. It's got it's got that like dingy, grimy, oppressive yeah. atmosphere yeah, to I it. I think whenever I
1: we've know. seen. Space stations in the past—they've mm. been maybe a little bit red dwarf, very, yeah. very set-like. Whereas this, I was just able to buy. Yeah, into it. the the
0: set design, it's just it, glorious. It's it's it feels so lived in and
1: real. It, it reminded me a lot, certainly later on, where the groups separated across the station mm-hmm. of Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, I think tonally, it's yeah. It sort yeah of I think I think it.
0: Would this be about the time that the first season of the rebooted Battlestar Galactica would have been? Possibly. Yeah, Quite possibly. I think it. It's it's definitely in that sort of uh, time frame. Uh, anyway, we're getting sidetracked already, and we've uh, not even uh, started yeah, to discuss uh, it. So, yeah, I really enjoyed this. Uh, really brilliant. Enjoyed so this is going to be like a just, just a hour long love fest.
1: Hopefully. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> Fantastic. I, I in in fact, there's one part that. I didn't enjoy it. Right. I didn't enjoy it enough for it to ruin, mm-hmm. but we'll cross that bridge when we get to it. Cool. Okay. Well, let's get stuck in, shall we? Okay. So it begins with the TARDIS appears, mm-hmm. and the Doctor says that the TARDIS is unwell. Yeah. It's, it's it's not had a good run recently. It's, it's died. Not. It's been pooling. Maybe
0: maybe that's just... a. I mean, at first, you might think, anyway, that it's a sign of just having come back from a parallel... Universe, Quite it's, possibly, yeah, yeah, it's just feeling a bit worse for wear. But anyway, I like I like the the effect though because they basically they take the normal Tardis noise and they kind of distort it, make it a bit more stuttery. Yes. And so you really, it's it's funny how you've gotten so used to that sound already that just manipulating it like that, you're like, oh yeah, it does sound a yes. bit peaky, doesn't it? And
1: yeah. it turns out they are on Sanctuary Base, yeah. which is a deep space colony.
0: Yeah, and, and- it's it's almost like an IKEA.
1: Um, yes. Space station. <laughs> yeah, I think they say that it's built-in sort of podules, yeah. like flat-pack furniture. Yes, yeah. And there's this rumbling noise in the background, mm-hmm. and the doctor says, well, this must be a drilling facility. Yes. He knows straight away. And then Rose just points out on the wall, just written, welcome to hell. Yeah. And the the good mood and the good humour they sort of have up until this point just disappears.
0: Well, I don't know, because you you could almost, you could be like, oh, is that just like the crew of this station just having a bit of fun because they're like out in the middle of nowhere and Mm. you think maybe
1: that, but then also you're like, "No. no, this is bad. And then the next part is one of the things I think that, made me enjoy this episode. Mm -hmm. Because underneath that, there's writing and runes that the Doctor can't comprehend. He says it's impossibly old. And I think that adds to this episode, because every other episode, the Doctor, there's basically no problem he can't solve. He knows everything. Yeah, Yeah. his knowledge can overcome any problems. He's got the sonic screwdriver, he's got the Mm -hmm. TARDIS. Mm -hmm. So the fact that even he is sort of dumbstruck by this. Yeah. Really. Yeah. lends itself well. To oh yeah, else. already we
0: have like a real sense of mystery on our hands. Yes. In a way that we often don't.
1: So, yeah. And then added to that is the door opens. We have these horrible squidward aliens. <laughs> the Ood! The Ood. Ood have a real Lovecraftian vibe to yeah, them. Yeah. Yeah. I think prior to this I'd sort of been aware of the ood. I think You'd I'd seen maybe seen them in action figures in yeah. the shop or something. I've got one tucked away in a box somewhere.
0: I've an got, ood got, figure. Yeah, a little ood. Okay. Yeah. I've got a lot of sort of like circus series two, series three action figures. Right. I need to need to dust them off at some point. You have a face of Bo? I don't have a face of
1: Bo, sadly, no. Okay. Yeah. That is sad. Yeah. Right. And when the Ud appear, they start saying, We must feed. Yeah, yeah, it's we must feed. It's pretty freaky. <laughs> yeah, because they sort of hone in to the doctor and yeah. the only thing I could liken it to was from the Empty Child mm-hmm. in the hospital yeah. where the gas mask faced zombies sort of yeah. approach them.
0: Yeah, so basically we we we're, we're 3 minutes into this episode already TARDIS is is uh playing up. We've got uh, Welcome to Hell, Mysterious (laughs) Writing, and these demonic looking alien creatures chanting, We Must Feed. Cut to title sequence. That
1: is a strong opening. But as we know, cliffhangers mean nothing. (laughs) And it turns out when they must feed, their little language translator balls that they hold, like an orb.
0: It's like a sphere that sort of has got like a tube connecting it to. They've got. Because they've got like sort of little. Tentacle things instead of a mouth, basically yeah. little fronds. So <laughs> um, we assume there's a mouth there somewhere, somewhere or something like that. And yeah. It,
1: it turns out when they keep saying we must feed, when they sort of cough and correct themselves, it's we must feed you because they're yes. really nice. Yeah. They're just good hosts. I mean,
0: I'll be honest. Weird way to phrase it. Yeah. Yeah. If someone popped into my house and you know, as a guest an unexpected guest, my first thing wouldn't be to say, "We must feed <laughs> you." Yeah. I'd be like, "Hi." How are you doing? How can I help? I
1: I can remember an old episode of Tales from the Crypt Uh thing. And the episode was about a new teacher in a school. And it kept saying, oh, I must have you for dinner. (laughs) And it it was literally... yeah. Anyway, other humans appear and Mm -hmm. say it's impossible that the doctor's there. I at this point didn't really make a lot of effort to put much interest into these characters because mm-hmm. I just thought they were going to be inconsequential characters. Yeah. So should we take a second just to talk through them? Yeah. Why not? Okay. Yeah. So the first of all, we have Mister Jefferson.
0: Yeah. Who's and uh, to be clear, a lot of these characters they they are tropey aren't they they're, they're oh, very, archetypes very much so so very Mr. Jefferson so. is our he's the uh, soldiery security yes. officer yeah. long in the tooth seeing a thing or two Yeah. you know and and you know straight away you, you does he even say anything you just look at his face you look at his clothes and you know him yeah he's
1: a tough nut yeah now I think I'm right in saying the actor that played Mr. Jefferson uh-huh. had been in Alien 3 because this episode, the two part, really mm-hmm. reminded me of Alien. Yeah. And Aliens. Yes, in-
0: definitely. Uh, that's that's a real frame of reference. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah.
0: No, so good, that- good 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 character, well cast, straight yeah, away. Yeah, I think he's yeah. okay.
1: Yeah. We then have Zachary Cross. Yes. Or Zachary. Yeah. Or Zach. Who is our reluctant but I I found uh, it really f- hard to follow, because sometimes they called him Zachary, sometimes they called him Zach.
0: Yeah. Yes, yeah. yeah. Uh, but... I, again, I think a really um, well played, well yep. cast character. Like and he's him. and he's, he's, his his archetype is basically he's he's a reluctant leader because the original leader of the mission has died in an accident, yes. and so he's had to assume the position of command.
1: But he's not exactly comfortable with yes. that. Yes, yeah. We we'll then have Ida Scott, who yep. I thought I recognised the actress from everything, but it yes. turns out I just don't. I have the exact same experience with her. Yeah, she I, looks like as soon as I saw yeah. her, I was like, "I know you from yeah. somewhere." But yeah. then when I Wikipedia'd her, like, I think she'd been I, in like a couple of episodes of The Bill or something. Yeah, just
0: like I don't know where I've seen her, but or whether she must just like maybe look very similar to a different actress yeah. or so. I but I've had the exact same experience with that actor. I don't know what's going on there. Yeah.
1: But I thought I thought she's pretty good. She's brilliant in this episode. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, then we have Toby. Oh, yeah. Who, a lot of the time in my notes, I've just called Evil Toby. Yeah. We'll cross that. Yeah. And then the next one, now, yeah. I didn't know this at the time, but obviously you've recently become a father. I have, yeah. And I, I didn't know where you got the name for your child from, but mm-hmm. then we meet this character, Scooty. So, <laughs> so now I know why your child's called Scooty. <laughs> Full disclosure, my child is not called Scooty. If we'd have watched this episode <laughs> in the weeks preceding, I think he would be. <laughs> it's possible. Like, I've written that in my notes, just yeah. like, what sort of name is Scooty?
0: <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so she's the sort of young internish type. Yes. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And she's like the... She's sort of like the brave, headstrong, mm. almost yeah. to a fault.
0: Yeah, up for adventure kind yes. of yeah. thing. Yeah. So that's uh, our crew, because... Like I say, I thought... Yeah. A well, core cool crew, anyway. There's a couple of red shirts in there. Yeah, but...
1: yeah. so for example, there's a guy called Danny. He's sort of the overseer of the Oods. Yeah. And like I say, I, at the beginning, I didn't take a great deal of interest in mm-hmm. them. Because the scene where they introduce them just sort of goes on and on. It's like, yeah. here's Zack. Here's Scooty. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, I don't care. Yeah. But as it proceeds... You become more invested.
0: Absolutely. And uh, to be clear, when they're introducing themselves, they are all just staggered. They cannot believe that the Doctrine Rose are there. Like, obviously, they always turn up unannounced. That's, you know, that's part of it. But they seem to think it's just beyond their comprehension that anyone could be turning up unannounced. It's
1: literally impossible. Yeah. So, following these sort of introductions, they're interrupted by some sort of quake. Yeah. I was unsure. Whether it was an earthquake from mm-hmm. the drilling or the storm in outer space, it seems yeah. to be a bit of a combination of the two. Oh,
0: um, well, they do later explain it. It's, I think it's, I think it's specifically just uh, to do with the nature of the planet that they're yeah. on, but which which isn't quite revealed yet, is it? No, so no. we'll get there.
1: So the planet they're on doesn't have a name, mm-hmm. and they even say, "How could it have a name?" Again, because I wasn't that interested in the characters. I've just put Toby comes across as a bit of a knob. Oh, he does, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. right from the get go. Yeah,
0: he's got this kind of know-it-all vibe. He's, he doesn't look like someone who'd be easy to get along with. I wouldn't want him on my
1: mission to no. the dark unknowns of no. space. No, you wouldn't leave him a positive <laughs> customer review. Nah. No. From there, it's explained that they're just outside of a black hole. Uh huh. But the planet doesn't move towards it. You get this scene where you see space debris.
0: Yeah, they like open up the sort of, the top of the sanctuary base. Presumably there's like a, a a glass, like a tough glass um, Mm -hmm. ceiling or something like that. But they kind of open it up to reveal the sight of, uh, from from this planet. And they are literally in orbit around a black hole. Yes. Which, hence the name of the episode, The Impossible Planet. Yeah. How
1: can anything be in orbit around a black hole? So, Exactly. The doctor explains that. We sort of get the Doctor Who dumbed down science uh-huh. explanation where the doctor just explains black holes just for anyone at home that's not really well, comprehending you know, what's going on. There'll be six year olds watching. Give him a chance. And whilst this is going on, Toby's tidying up and he mm-hmm. hears a little voice that just sort of whispers Toby. Toby. Yeah, it's now, fairly ominous.
0: Yeah. Now, uh, interestingly, I've I because I've been crap at making notes. Um, I can't remember the name of the actor right now because I didn't look it up. But um, he originally voiced another sort of sinister uh, Doctor Who villain, Sutek, okay. from the episode The Pyramids of Mars.
1: So, I think is that Gabriel Wolf.
0: That's the one. Yes, Gabriel, Gabriel Wolf. Wolf. Yeah. So, um,
1: so that's classic.
0: Dr. Yeah, Who. that's a classic Doctor Who so voice a... actor returning. Right. To do a not not identical, but similar in that he's just like he's very good at b- 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 uh, portraying these sort of ominous, powerful, yeah, villainous figures. So yeah.
1: So we have Toby. Thanks for that. <laughs> we we have what's called a gravity funnel that sort of keeps the planet where it should be. Yes. But also can attract incoming spaceships to the planet rather than the black hole yeah
0: basically you've got this one narrow corridor basically by which spaceships can enter and leave the planet's surface Um, if you tried to come at it from a different angle you'd presumably get sucked straight into the black black hole. hole
1: right and we get an explanation of the Ood here from danny they are a slave race yeah. They're almost like cattle, but hybrid, more useful. Yes, yeah. They they were
0: sort of like v- like vaguely telepathic, um, yeah. which is why I think they have the voice translator things because because yes. uh, between themselves they would just communicate telepathically. Yeah. And he says they kind of that they they, they live to serve basically. Yeah. All they want to do is is help others. So the humans have decided to take advantage of that. Yeah, it's a bit
1: fucked up, isn't it? Yeah, and it it sort of plays on. Rose's sort of character because mm-hmm. obviously she's in past episodes rejected the notion of slavery, yeah, and stood up yeah. for the innocents. But when it's sort of the will of the slave to be a slave, yeah, she doesn't really know where to stand. Yeah,
0: for. it's I mean, it certainly complicates things, doesn't it? Yes,
1: yeah. so we find out the reason they're on this planet mm-hmm. is that it's impossible to generate enough power for this gravity funnel but the power source for it is 10 miles below so the reason that they're on this planet is almost like a discovery yes venture they're, yeah. they're trying to see what this power source is yeah
0: they want to they do they want to know how it can be that this planet exists yes. basically yeah. it's it's beyond human understanding of science and therefore very much worthy of investigation. Yeah, because the power mission
1: is over 90 stats on the blazing scale. So
0: it is.
1: (laughs) Those are surely some words. Yeah, it's (laughs) not... Obviously, working in the field of science, it's not a scale I'm familiar with. So I did a bit of Googling, and... Do you want to know what the links were? Were they all Doctor Who? They were all just Doctor Who quote pages. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and basically Reddit forums where people are saying, is this a real thing? <laughs> you know, but yeah. it's like, no. it's the equivalent of doing like the Kessel running. is it 12 parsecs? Yeah, exactly. It's, it's, it's just it's, nothing. Yeah. Gibberish. Yeah. So, the Doctor is worried if they harness this power source, yeah. it could start a war. I think they say it's going to be used to better mankind's existence and space exploration mm-hmm. the doctor almost immediately is concerned it will be weaponized
0: well I mean this is the age old story of humanity isn't it? isn't it People discover or develop new technologies new scientific yes. principles, and some people will take it as an opportunity to um, advance humanity in positive ways some will figure out ways to kill other human beings with it mm. and i think that's that's a kind of inescapable fact of human existence mm.
1: um so yeah fun. right <laughs> at this point they're sort of looking over the damage to the base from the storm and the doctor realizes the tardis was in part of the base that was destroyed and as it's fallen yeah. from its position into the planet because yeah. of this huge mining colony, the drill is going to hit and destroy it.
0: Uh, quite possibly, yeah. Okay. yeah. So basically, the TARDIS is, for all we know, gone for good. And the Doctor uh, uh, David Tennant plays it so well; you really feel his loss.
1: So there's there's something I, I wanted to raise. Yeah. Is the tone of series two yeah. has been one based on the n- sort of developing friendship of Rose and the yeah. doctor. Yeah. Almost to a romantic element. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think we've described it as sort of the honeymoon period yeah. of their friendship. Yeah. yeah, The doctor at this point says that the TARDIS is the only thing he has. Yeah. So he's dismissing that.
0: Well, it depends how you, dec- I, maybe he just means is the owner. I read it more as just the only physical thing. Because he doesn't view... So rather than a relationship, a relationship isn't a thing. Right. Can't
1: so you mean in terms it. of I didn't material... Just, yeah. yeah, it's like
0: possession. if his one material possession is this TARDIS, and without that he is... Imagine it, it would be the same as someone's house burning down yeah, or something. You know, it's like it's, it's, it's everything he is, mm-hmm. essentially.
1: Following that, Rose and the Doctor sort of accept that this is happening. Yeah, and try to they really, like, yeah. almost assimilate themselves into the crew. Yeah, so they're given duties. We yeah. get a scene where everyone on board is working. Yeah, and there's a bit of music playing. Is this where they have the
0: conversation about like you know what are they going to do? Beyond it, mm. be honest, and you know, saying like, well, after this, I guess we can they can take us back to the planet, and we we'll have to settle down, get a job. Like, yeah. it, and and uh, Rose even sort of says, you know, oh, we could, you know. Perhaps it could be the, the, the same house, you know, kind of implying, yeah, you know, that their relationship could, could continue, developing.
1: yeah. So, whilst they're working, the music cuts out, and a voice, the same voice from earlier, says, Toby, I can see you. Toby, Toby, yeah, always assumes that it's the character of Danny, he does, playing pranks on him, yeah. Danny is the head of ethics on board, so straight <laughs> away. Is. Yeah, if he's either but, miscast in that role uh, or every time we've met him, he's quite straight-laced, down-the-line kind of guy
0: I don't know I get an... because a, a, he's quite young Danny, yeah. and I get this feeling that he's kind of like, this might be his first gig out of uni or whatever I think possibly he's, you know, he's gotten his degree in ethics Use that to wangle a job as basically, for of better term, ood-wrangler yeah that's essentially his role, yeah. Which presumably that they hire someone with you know and give it the, a title related to ethics because there is something deeply yes. unethical no, about absolutely. keeping Ood. And so I don't know. I get a sense from that he he would if anyone was going to be the prankster on on that station, I actually think it would be Danny, not Scooty. Ah, uh, Scooty might. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Scooty seems a bit sort of straight
1: laced. So yeah. No, I I could I could see it. I mean, you know. The thing is, the camera immediately cuts to the Doctor having lunch with Danny, so we know it's not him. We do, we do. And when they're getting served their lunch, Rose talks about how she used to be a dinner lady, so that's a nice nod back to school (laughs) Reunion. Yeah, And you were saying
0: that this series didn't feel connected.
1: Yeah, so... (laughs) (laughs) The interconnection is, I used to be a dinner lady. Yeah, for like a day. Right. It all comes together. Whilst... Rose is talking to the Ood about being a dinner lady. Yeah. The Ood tells her that the beast will rise and wage war. And she sort of goes, sorry, what? And then (laughs) it just goes, oh, enjoy your meal. Yeah,
0: it just sort of like shakes its little uh, translation. It does a little sort of rattle and then it's back to normal. But I love as well that the Ood's voice doesn't change. So the Oods have this very, very calm, very reasonable way of speaking. So it's like... (laughs) It, it, the beast shall rise, and his army's... And, just... <laughs> and I
1: really love that juxtaposition. because At the same time this is going on, uh, Zach, who's not having lunch, he's sort of in the command pod of the base, uh-huh. sees a strange face. Mm-hmm. in It's the hologram of the planet in some sort of scanner, and it changes to the face of the beast it's the yeah. first time we see it
0: and uh to be clear the beast it, i mean it looks like yeah bog
1: standard devil yeah it, it's 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 a, a Beelzebub. yeah it's a pretty horrifying representation <laughs> yeah. it's not it's not your typical doctor who cartoony alien
0: yeah it's not one of it's not like you it's not your skinny bearded playing the fiddle devil no this is your big horned beast devil yes yeah. Um, like, wouldn't look out of place on a heavy metal album cover.
1: Oh, no, definitely. Yeah. So, Toby is still working away. He's trying to decipher the runes from earlier. Yeah. And the voice says, Toby, if you look at me, you will die. So... Yeah. That's high stakes, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, so the first thing Toby does is turn around and have a look what's going on. <laughs> He's an absolute dipshit. <laughs> and the indecipherable writing from earlier... Yeah appears almost like tattoos, but yeah. at the same time, like burn. Yeah, it's just his it, skin.
0: Yeah, we don't we don't see it develop. It just it's like a jump cut. Yeah. It's just suddenly there, and it's it's all jet black. over his skin. It,
1: yeah, it's clearly unnatural. Yeah, it's appearance. and
0: it's a really really striking image. I think yes, like because I think his eyes glow. They don't glow red, but he uh, clearly has red contacts. Yeah, so. yeah. So like. If you want to shit up some kids, that's a good way to do it, I think just suddenly yep. yeah because it's uh, one of the things I think is really interesting about Doctor Who is the way that it will often play within the realms of horror but in a way that has to be palatable for a tea time yeah. audience yeah and this uh, this epi- episode really I think skirts the line in in doing some really scary stuff but without ever like showing any gore or anything
1: like that right, right. Yeah. so following that he drops to the floor. And we cut back to the conversation between Rose and the Doctor. Rose, at this point, has her phone. Did she not give that to Mickey with oh, the code to destroy the Cybermen?
0: No, the Doctor had it. The Doctor had the phone but and jammed it, it, in. it in. Yeah. we would he take it out again?
1: Okay. You know. Uh, I maybe thought there was a continuity error. No, I don't I think so. I maybe wasn't paying that much attention. Yeah. Because her phone rings... Yeah. And the ominous voice again says yeah. he is awake.
0: <laughs> yeah. And I love the way Billy Piper plays that moment. Yes. I think it's really, really well done because she gets the call. She picks it up. There is a second where her brain kind of processes it. And rather than screaming or anything, all she does is just fling the, the, the phone across the room like it's diseased or something, mm-hmm. like it's somebody turned into a rat. or you, yeah. you know she's just, And I... Th- I think it's just a brilliant, subtle bit of acting. Because it would be very easy to overplay that moment. Mm-hmm. But it's just, you know, it really um, enhances the yeah. jarring nature yeah. of it. rather
1: than it being, like, goofy. Yeah. It's done pretty well. Yeah. So, Danny, the ethics man, at this point, explained the UGS are all empaths, telepathic. Yeah. And they're quickly taken over. So, he has, like, a computer device. Uh-huh where he can program what they're doing and they yeah. basically have no free will. But at this point I think they all stand up and start. I don't I don't think he's programming them. I think it's
0: just monitoring. Right. And c- and it's cuz it's showing that they they have a scale for the telepathic field which is like basic insert number here and there should be like around about sort of like basic 10 or something like that mm. and and it starts to rise up and up and up.
1: Yeah, I think that's the moment where that happens, isn't it?
0: Yeah, so it seems like the Ood being
1: hijacked. Yes, and elsewhere on the ship, Scooty starts to realise someone's outside the airlock, Mm. without a spacesuit. Yeah. So the impossible nature of the adventure is building. Uh Uh-huh, yeah,
0: and um, do we see that it's who it is at that moment? We see it's
1: evil Toby. Yeah, writing
0: all over his face. Yeah, so it's not
1: Toby... In his normal human self, because nah. he's quite good at hiding this sort of possession yeah. element. But Scooty sees him in all his glory, for whatever yeah. better term.
0: And he's got this like insane grin on his face. Yes. And he's like beckoning forward with his hand, like for her to
1: come out, to come
0: to come outside and join you, him.
1: She seems tempted to do so. I
0: think possibly it's almost like a uh, mind control yes. situation, or at least like, or or like a weak form of mind control where she's all where she's kind of fighting it internally i think would you say i I think so yeah it's
1: almost as though again the way i read it was her sort of adventurous nature yeah if he's out there i could be out there exactly so he's always subconsciously playing
0: on that yeah. yeah and i want to shout out to murray gold the composer for his uh, work on the soundtrack in this moment, you've got this just solo cello melody yes. playing and it's so haunting and so effective in that moment. This quiet, melancholy, mm. still sound. Oh, it's such
1: a good moment. So just as Scooby acknowledges that this is all absolutely insane, yes, Toby... Shatters the glass using some sort of telekinesis. Yes, yeah. he almost—I think—he clenches his fist. Yeah, and it just—the whole glass window just shatters. Yeah, yeah. Which, of course, yeah, sucks Scooty out into the nothingness yeah. of space. R.I.P. Scooty. Yeah. But in loving tribute to the character of Scooty, you've named your first <laughs> firstborn. <laughs> right. Yeah. So following this. Damage, further damage to the space base. Mm -hmm. Everyone starts to retreat into the living quarters. That seems to be sort of the only bit not damaged. And Scooty's biochip appears to be okay. Yes. Her biochip is okay, but she is not. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Because we look up through the glass ceiling that we saw earlier, and she's just sort of laid on top of it. I don't think she's
0: even laid on top. Actually, she's floating in space. Yeah, but
1: it's quite harrowing because normally there's the trope of if you're cast into the void of space, you freeze. Mm -hmm. But actually, she's just there as a corpse. Yeah, just
0: floating, and it's it's like it's it's haunting. In another context, it could almost be beautiful. Yeah, but it's just really really sad. and and I think Ida at the moment makes the point at the moment that she's like nineteen. Or something. Yeah. 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 She's like, she was the youngest member of the crew, and yeah. So it's, it just it further highlights the tragic nature yes. of it. Um,
1: but as they see her pass into the black hole, mm. at that exact moment, the drilling stops. They've reached the power source, and the doctor tells Mr. Jefferson he will be yeah. joining Ida going down. Yeah. I think they do call it the pit at this point. I don't know. The they shaft. don't
0: know. It's the it's the shaft that the pit comes later, right? Um, yeah, because obviously this is his best shot at retrieving the Tardis. Because yes. when when there was the earthquake and it got sucked
1: under, yeah, this is his only chance of finding so, it. So as he's going down, they put on almost like space suits, but they're like yeah. hazmat suits. Yeah, and the Rose gives the Doctor a little kiss on his helmet. Yeah, so <laughs> uh, poor, poor choice of words. <laughs> <there>. <laughs> but, um, she she kisses the hazmat yeah. helmet that yes. the doctor will be wearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yes. yeah. I just want
0: to clarify that this is a family yeah. show.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so we get a tense montage as they're descending down. Yeah. Into a huge cavern with sculpted walls and clearly signs of civilization. Yes. Yeah. I, and
0: again, this to me, again, I get Lovecraft vibes from that.
1: Yes. Yeah. You're, discovering
0: this ancient. Remnants of, a, of an unknown civilization, an alien civilization. Yeah. And it all um,
1: ties into this impossible. That's sort yeah. of the reoccurring theme. It shouldn't be there. Yeah. There's no reason. Nobody knows why it's there. It just is. Yeah. And when they get to the bottom, it's at this point the Doctor finds what he calls a giant trapdoor. Yes. It's
0: like this ornate um, circular metal yeah structure and, it, and yeah, it's like it's covered in the same sort of old ancient writing
1: that we've seen yeah. on the walls and on toby and, and... To- toby whether he's been evil toby or not at the moment realizes he's deciphered some of this writing and it just says the beast will rise yeah
0: i i get the feeling that because it's ambiguous isn't it with with, with toby like whether yeah. whether it's fully left him or or not yes and, yeah. and he's he, at this stage, I, I think this is the point where he almost seems to start acting like like a drug addict or something. Mm. I kind of get that, that, that vibe from his, from his physicality. Yeah. Like, when the beast isn't present within him, it's almost like... He's Leaves not f- him in a weakened state. Yeah, so he's, it? like, not functioning without it.
1: Right. Yeah. So, Evil Toby then possesses the Ood and says they're now called the Legion of the Beast. Uh-huh. And... At this point, is hinted that it's Satan. <laughs> yeah, and I, I struggled with that yeah. at the beginning. I just thought, what is going on? But then, that's such an interesting hook. Yeah, that I bought into it. Yeah, it's
0: like we're we're, we're halfway through series two, and they're literally doing Satan.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's just yeah. like what you,
0: what is this show doing? Yeah. So
1: the, the trap door opens. Yes. And as soon as it does, for the first time, the planet begins to move. Yeah. So, all the mechanisms yeah. for holding the planet in place yeah. start to fail, and and
0: it just feels like everything is just happening at once. This is all coming thick and yes. fast. Got, yeah. so so Toby's walking around all possessed now because I think as am I right in thinking the the, the writing's back and yes and so yeah. like he's freaking out the other crew members. The Uda on the rise. It, everything is just sort of like colliding into each other yeah Yeah.
1: and the episode ends with the pit opening yeah and of the voice saying i am free yeah and then we get the titles so so the end of the episode and interesting cliffhanger yeah definitely i was quite keen to see what was coming because normally there will be some sort of hint so if we think back to Parting of the Ways, Bad Wolf. Yeah. The first episode ended with it just saying, oh, by the way, it's the Daleks. Yeah. And same with Rise of the Cybermen, Age of Steel, it ends and we see the villain. Yeah. But here, we've still not, other than the flashing face in yeah. the hologram, yeah. we've still not seen the The beast, villain yeah. So we don't know facing. if that is just... Uh, we don't know if that's just this... this
0: Entity playing tricks on people. We don't know whether there's, you know, what we're going to get. Yeah. Mm. So, a really, really strong first part
1: to the story. Really enjoyed it. Like I say, I went in sceptical, as I always do, but it won me over. Yeah. Okay? Right, so into the second part then. Mm -hmm. The Satan Pit. Yeah. From the 10th of June 2006. Right. Does that bear any relevance to you? I'm trying to think. Um, not really. The reason, when I did some Googling, uh-huh. the reason this episode aired at this time was it's the first Saturday following the 6th of the 6th, 2006. Ah! Oh, so we've got Number oh, of the Beast. That's really cool. Yep. Do you know what you were doing at the time?
0: Would I have wrapped up for the year at uh, yearly Possibly. June?
1: Yeah. Because... This is probably the first time we've asked that question where I know where I was. Oh, where were you? Because when I googled this episode, apparently it had really low viewer figures. Ah. Because it coincided with England's first game in the 2006 World Cup. Ah, yes. Well, I certainly wouldn't have been watching that. And apparently we were in the midst of some sort of national heat wave. Right. So everyone was outside... So apparently yeah. this got really low viewership figures, yeah, which is a shame, because yeah. I really liked
0: it. Yeah, Well, um, if, it, if it's any Consolation, it's gone on to be one of those legendary episodes yeah. of the modern series, so yeah.
1: Right. So we get a recap of the first episode before mm-hmm. the titles. We don't yeah. need to talk about that. We, we literally don't. just have for about half an hour. <laughs> and it opens with Rose and the survivors that are at, still on the space base at the yeah. top of the mineshaft, opening fire on the Ood. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So, at this point, there's trouble above. Yeah, and definitely. And ominous danger below. Yeah. yeah. So, Danny says that they're using the language interface as a weapon. I think yes. at one point we see them and it, like, does it shoot lightning? Well, well yeah, it basically works like almost
0: like an overpowered taser or something. Yeah. It's
1: obviously electrical equipment, so they're somehow hijacking
0: that circuitry. To weaponize it and use it to just shock and and like this is it's a total red shirt guy. I don't know if we've even seen him in the background of any no. other shots, but of he's there. He gets killed. And then he's just then <laughs> he's gone. Um, um, but yeah.
1: Rose gets communication from the doctor. Yes, they thought they'd sort of lost touch, and obviously Rose began to panic somewhat. Uh-huh. I think her initial panic that she was going to be left on the base with the doctor was one thing, but the idea of being trapped there without him, yeah, is another.
0: Yeah. Especially when you got Ood on the rampage.
1: Exactly. So the doctor down below says that he's opened the prison when he's opened this metal pit, Yeah. but he hasn't opened the cell. And he's unwilling to dismiss the idea that this could be Satan trapped in this pit. Yeah. He retreats away from the pit and up
0: above... So is this... I wonder if this is the point... This is the point where he has that lovely speech, or does that come a little bit later? I can't remember because it's I'm like I say, not managed to make any notes for this episode, but where he's sort of stood almost on the lip of it. Yes. Yeah. And so he's talking about that little voice in the back of your head. Kind of just urging Yeah, he wants to go down simply
1: because he can.
0: Yeah, call of the void, as it were. Yeah. Um, and then he makes he tosses and turns and makes that final decision to retreat, yeah. which and, and you can see that it's always physically hard for him to do that, it doesn't come naturally to the Doctor, a, a permanent traveller, poker and prodder, yeah. and figure of, of eternal curiosity, to look at something that he doesn't fully understand, and say, let's just walk away.
1: Going back to my earlier point, that's what I like, because he yeah. doesn't do what the Doctor does. Yeah. You, you are seeing him
0: so far out of his comfort zone. Exactly. And that is fascinating to watch. Exactly. Yeah.
1: So, back up above, above. sorry, Mr. Yeah. Jefferson just wants to shoot Toby. Yeah. Like, yeah. That, <laughs> he's he like, just wants to yeah. execute him yeah, yeah, he's
0: just like, he's broken,
1: he's acting weird, I don't much care for it. Let's <laughs> just get well, this over and done with. Toby confirms at this point it is the devil. Yeah. Now, or at least he thinks it's the devil. The
0: devil claims it's
1: the devil. Yeah. The lift that the Doctor and Ida went down the pit in no yeah. longer works. Yeah, the the cable snapped, hasn't it? That's yeah, right. so they've they've got all of this cable, but no way of getting back up. And we get another message from the Beast. Yeah. Now that the power seems to be cut from the, ba- the yeah. base. Yeah. Yeah. The Captain, I think it's Zach, says yeah. that he represents the Torchwood archive. So we get another little nod. Yeah, the man's
0: Torchwood. Yeah.
1: So it's good to know that. Not only in the past are they around. Yeah, the also awesome in the future. Yeah, and the Doctor asks this Beast in front of him, "If you are the Beast, which one are you?" Mm. So I think he cites different ones from different cultures. Yeah,
0: different religions, different aliens. And um, the Beast just says, "I'm all of them.
1: I'm yeah. all the devils."
0: Yeah, like he's the sort of the, the 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 source of all this mythology.
1: Yes, and he's able to tell the crew all their sins. So he sort of lists them. I think, does he say to Ida that she's trying to impress her father? Uh, But
0: it says, still running away from daddy. Is the way he phrases it. um, For Mr. Jefferson, he says, "Um, do you think your wife has forgiven you? Yeah. Um, And it never really alludes to what he does, but we know that it's something that preys on his mind. Yeah, he he is somehow tapping into their darkest secrets, their their most regretful memories, there's, maybe. There's two
1: that I want to point out. Yeah. Number one, Toby. Yeah. His sin is being a virgin. <laughs> now, I mean, it's believable, isn't it? it, it <laughs> <all> right, entirely. <laughs> but first of all, is that a sin?
0: I wish he I don't know whether he is pointing out sins per or se. Or just insecurity. Yes, exactly. That's but, how I would uh, I mean,
1: interpret it. Would you want that banded around the crew? I mean, no, obviously <laughs> not. <laughs> and then the second one, probably the most important one, is when he comes to Rose. Yeah. And he, I think he calls her the brave child that yeah. will die in battle. Yeah. So I'm going to put that in my box with the meeting of the face of Bo again yeah. of just things I'm going to be looking for now. Yeah. I mean,
0: I don't know. I think he was probably just saying something like that just to freak her out. Well, that's that's what happens.
1: Everyone yeah. just sort of loses their shit. Yeah. Apart from the doctor, who says that they have an, a great weapon. Yeah. In that the beast is on his own, and then not. They're a team. Yeah. And he sort of says if they work together, they'll be able to overcome this. hmm. But that plan's immediately halted because this is the point where the cable for the lift snaps. <laughs> yes. So yeah. he's yeah. almost going to come back up, rally the troops, yeah. figure out a plan, but that's immediately stopped. Yeah. Okay. The Ood start breaking through the doors to approach the crew. Yeah. Uh, So it's Rose that sort of takes command of the crew. Yeah. I really like that. Yeah,
0: I really like the way Rose um, is characterised and handles this this situation because she's just like, everyone is just kind of panicking, but she's spent enough time with this crew that she knows what they're good at. Yeah. She knows their roles and. Because Zach, for whatever reason, is struggling to take command in that moment, she's like, okay, right, Mr. Jefferson, weapons, what have we got? And, you know, I I forget the specifics, but she's basically just giving everyone tasks.
1: Yeah, and part of me thinks, even even if Rose thinks it's sort of a fruitless endeavour, just keep them busy, keep them calm. Yeah. So, Ida is down the pit with the doctor and she suggests she abseils into the pit yeah whereas the doctor says he he'll go instead yeah. i think at this point he has almost lost hope and he yeah. knows there's only one way to go he can either yeah. sit there and die or, or he, he can, can investigate see what's going on yeah yeah
0: um, um, but he but he look, it's it's difficult because he's very dismiss he says well Ida says my plan is, I'll, I'll abseil down. He says, that's half of a good plan. And uh, and she says, why half? Because I'll go down. That's the way the Doctor mm. pitches it. And on the one hand, I'm not too keen on the almost patriarchal quality of that. It's like, mm. you know, no, silly woman. I'll do that. Thank yeah. you very much. But on the other hand, you have to look at it from the perspective of the fact that Ida is more breakable than the Doctor yeah, the doctor can regenerate and have another go,
1: mm-hmm. but she can't. But so I think when he upsells down, yeah, I think have they got something like four miles of cable, something like that. And yeah, when he's at the end of his tether, for want yeah. of a better phrase, <laughs> um, he's nowhere near the bottom. No, he's just dangling. He's like, there's like, a, there's a short
0: amount of of like lip. Uh, yeah. That they can, that he can abseil down properly, and at which point he's just being lowered into this just A empty bond. chasm. He he can't see, you know, he can barely see up, can't see down, left, right. There yeah. is no way to tell how deep this thing goes, yeah. or how big it is.
1: So he makes the decision that he's going to cut himself loose. Yeah. He basically says it's fifty-fifty. There could be something at the bottom to break his fall. Yeah. I think he says there might be an oxygen cushion. Yeah. Or it could be the, end of the doctor. yeah exactly
0: and and he's and he's you can you hear he's verbalizing his whole mental process weighing up the pros and cons and again I I just want to mention how brilliant David Tennant is yes. in this scene and throughout this episode but particularly these moments where he's kind of like as I say vocalizing this conflict this debate of like curiosity versus safety um, and. It's yeah. a magnificent performance, it really is, and when he, and when he just says oh, it could be, you know it could be ten miles it could be thirty feet, yeah, I could survive thirty feet
1: yeah <laughs> <And> it just <laughs>
0: and it just it just like I mean, yeah maybe, but, <laughs> but it's a big yeah risk. it's a big, big if and and but then, yeah, he does it, he cuts himself
1: loose and he falls, so back up the top, Danny has devised a program to override. The telepathic yeah. medium of yes would yes, but in order to get to the place in the base where it can be utilized, they have to go through the air ducts. Well, they're not—they're maintenance
0: shafts. Sorry. Yes, because because they're, they're quite specific. Because because um, uh, Rose says, "Oh, what ventilation shafts," and, and uh, Jefferson says, "Well, I appreciate the reference, yes. but they, that, uh, but there's no air in them." That's right. Yeah. Because
1: Zach has to stay up at the top doesn't he to yeah. control which portion has oxygen yeah, there isn't enough yeah, to yeah he's basically the whole he's system. basically
0: exploiting weaknesses within the system to kind of manipulate it to create like a pocket of air yes to that he can carry through with with them through this network of shafts um, and yeah so it's it's a it's a tricky old mission because they, you know they're having to crawl on their hands and knees with barely enough
1: oxygen and whilst being pursued by oud yeah so it, yeah. it is very much like the scene from aliens yeah. in the it, to the extent that when one guy realizes sorry when mr jefferson yeah. realizes he needs to stop the oud he sacrifices himself yeah yeah I mean, so the door closes behind him yeah. you can hear he only has something like three shots in his yeah. gun he's he and he, he, he keeps the oud at
0: bay but he didn't get through. Yeah. And again, it's, look, it's, it's a cliche moment, right? But it's played so well that you don't care at all. Or at least I don't care at all. Yeah. It just, you, it you worked. really feel for it. You, you know, it's it, that whole old soldier, one last hurrah. Yeah. And the way he, he sort of talks to Zach afterwards and says, you know, I oh, get to inform you, sir. I wasn't yes. quite fast enough. And it's just, uh, and and he's he specifically he asks for Zach to take the oxygen out of the section he's in, so he because he'd prefer to suffocate than die than by, die by ood. ood. So and it's yeah really it, affecting moment. I yeah. think yeah.
1: Whilst the rest of the team are going through the air ducts, yeah, there's a scene because they're going in single file where they're just all looking at each other's ass. <laughs> yeah,
0: I hate that moment. I hate that moment. Yeah. Right? It does I think it's it's meant to be comical, but it's just because of course it's and gross.
1: They make a note where does Danny shit himself? No, I think he just farts. But right, it's because they yeah. say there's a weird smell, and he goes, yeah. "Oh well, I'm scared." Yeah, uh, I read uh... it that him he, sh- he shit himself. <laughs> I could be. Okay, so Danny, as well as being really scared, basically loses his mind. Yeah, and starts freaking out big yeah. style. Yeah, when one of the doors opens in the system that they're in, there's an Ood straight away. So they realise they need to escape back into the base. Yeah. That the channel of tunnels that they've been going through is overrun. As they're climbing out, Toby sort of gives a sly wink and a nod to the <laughs> Ood, doesn't he? Yeah. I think, does he, like, put his yeah, he put, his lips? he does, yeah. So
0: Just because we got the impression that maybe he he was claimed the, the base had gone,
1: um, et cetera, and then all of a sudden,
0: oh, yeah, no, he's... Still these still a bad guy.
1: Yeah. Okay. And at this point, Danny does use the program to knock out the Ood. Yes. So he doesn't return them to their original state. No. It's it just sort of mind wipes them for a short period yeah, of time. Yeah.
0: It just incapacitates them, which they'll take at that point.
1: Okay. So we cut back to the Doctor. Yeah. And he's again... He's managed
0: to land. He's landed. Yeah.
1: Okay. His uh his helmet smashed up. Yeah. and uh now one thing I didn't mention yeah. before he drops down is just before he releases himself, he asks Ida to pass a message <gasps> onto oh, yes, rog, He does. onto Rose, yeah. sorry. Yeah. And he says, Please tell Rose. Then there's a bit of silence and goes, Ah she knows. Then he drops himself. Yeah. yeah. So again, it's like he comes so close to saying I love her yeah. but never never does. Yeah
0: like it's like he doesn't want to admit it to himself basically yes. yeah yeah so
1: back up above captain zack cancels the mission yeah I he's mean, just like probably could have done that sooner.
0: But... <laughs> well he had one you know at the end of the day he had one of his uh, crew down there that he wanted to get back up and uh, yeah and
1: yeah so rose <laughs> refuses to leave says she'll wait for the doctor but zack orders that she's restrained yeah and, and he Toby actually Toby and Danny sort of
0: Carry her off. Yeah, and well, they actually they tranquilize her. Yes. They, yeah, because it's the only way they're going to get her a- aboard the rocket and out of there. And it seems like you know it's harsh, but but Zach's justification is just like I've lost too many people already. Yeah. He's not willing to let this innocent girl and die for the sake of. If we
1: cut forward a little, bit, yeah. They board a rocket to leave the planet. Yeah. And once it's left. Rose threatens to shoot Zach to turn the rocket round yes. back to base. Yeah, and he basically says, "Is that what the Doctor would want you to do?" Yeah, which is a, the smart
0: play by Zach, I think. Yes, like, definitely, yeah. definitely. Um, and you know, she has to admit, of course, no, it isn't, because um, uh, specifically, it's the bolt gun, isn't it? She's it because yes. he's Zach. Zach is when he's in the um, control pods. So he's like, well, I've got in terms of weapons, I've got a bolt gun with one, one bolt, bolt, bolt in it. Yeah.
1: So, yeah, <laughs> right. Chekhov's bolt gun. <laughs> so, down below the doctor is now on the floor of the pit. Yeah. He walks forward and there's like two vases on pedestals. Yeah, like like sort of like
0: Roman urns or something. Yeah. amphora if you like.
1: And as soon as he touches one of them, the beast appears. Yeah. And it's huge. Cuz it
0: sort of touches it and it kind of glows, doesn't yeah. it? it's, it's almost magical yeah know? and yeah and we finally we, we meet the beast and lo and behold <laughs> it's a big fucking
1: demon yeah and and it is big as soon as we see it we cut back to the spaceship and yeah. Toby just starts laughing like a nutter yeah and the doctor works out that the beast needs the doctor for something yes otherwise I think he says he'd be dead already mm. he works out that it's almost too convenient that he's there. The idea yeah. that there's an air cushion that broke yeah. his fall, yeah. that he's able to breathe. That in some way he's yeah, you know, he's being kept alive for a reason. Yeah. yeah. And he works out that the beast that he's confronted with is the body. Yeah. But its intelligence is elsewhere. Yes. And this is where everything that's going on yeah. sort of comes together in the yeah, doctor's I mind. Think,
0: yeah. And and he he realises that basically it's so the beast has been imprisoned. It's literally it's in chains, yes, in yes. this pit. But when he's trying to converse with it, it can't speak back. He's like, "But we know you're intelligent. We've seen you do, you know." Yeah, it things. is almost
1: primal, yeah. feral, just yes, lashing out. Yeah,
0: towards so it. that's the point. he Realizes that the body and the mind are in two separate places. Yeah, um,
1: from there he works out that this is the perfect prison. Yeah. So if the beast escapes, uh, I don't know whether it was to do with the two vases. i got the idea yeah. if they're knocked from their pedestals, yeah. that will trigger this. Yeah,
0: it de-sta- what it does, it destabilises the gravity field. The planet is sucked into the black
1: hole. Yes, yeah. yeah. Makes you wonder why they didn't just do that in the first place, rather than just having this horrible beast... <laughs> Chained that's, up for a friend that's not get question it too yeah. much now. <laughs> <Right. laughs> Still Doctor Who. <laughs> so he works out that the planet can fall into the yeah. black hole. Yeah. But if he does that, it will cancel the gravity funnel, yeah. and it will kill Rose too. So that's the point where he realizes
0: that the beast must essentially using Toby helped to ensure that Rose is on that rocket on yeah. her way out at that moment. So he has that leverage over the Doctor.
1: Yeah. He knows that's the doctor's weak point, yes. essentially. Yeah. So Rose works out that they've only escaped on this ship because the devil must have wanted them to. Yeah. So the doctor says if he believes in one thing, it's Rose and he smashes the vase.
0: Yeah. Send it you know, which triggers the whole process. That planet is now.
1: Yeah. Very shortly. Because the doctor says to the devil, you now have your freedom. Yeah. The freedom to die. <laughs> And when he does, yeah. Toby goes absolutely batshit.
0: He's <laughs> yeah, in. this is—he's
1: uh... freaking up big. Stuff. Is it
0: almost too much? Like, because this is the point where he's like, hes like he's rattling off more more devil speak. Yeah, I think the writing's back on his face, red eyes, and at one point he opens his mouth and flames <laughs> shoot yes. out. Yep. I'd almost
1: forgotten that.
0: <laughs> Which I think is one of those moments where I'm just like I don't was that. A little too, <laughs> too much, <laughs> yeah. Maybe, but yeah.
1: So, whilst he's going batshit, yeah, Rose uses the bolt gun, yeah, shoots the window of the spaceship, yeah, and undoes Unclips. Toby's yeah. seatbelt, yeah, and he's shot off into the black hole,
0: yeah. So, mind and body of the beast now both going towards heading the towards black. the black hole. Um, big big gamble on Rose's part, yeah. Because she didn't know that it was a magic rocket ship that could just uh, replace the glass with like a stabilization field or something. Mm. I forget exactly what scientific mumbo jumbo they used.
1: But at the same time, the only way that the devil could have escaped is if they were really selfish. Yeah. And. You would hope for the greater good. Yeah, they'd, they'd be would... willing to
0: sacrifice themselves. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I think that was Rose's gamble. Like She obviously didn't want to just, you know, it, it, it's at least a small chance that they might survive if she's just yes. flinging him out. Um, But yeah, obviously at that moment as well, the rocket is now, they've lost a gran- gravity funnel. So they are like hurtling. They, they know that in moments they're also going right. to be heading towards. Now, the...
1: this leads to probably the one bit of the episode I didn't enjoy. Yeah, I know what this is going to be, yeah. It's just where the Doctor just finds the TARDIS. Yes. It's yeah. a planet-wide hole. Yeah. and It's, it's very yeah. convenient, isn't it? Yeah. It's yeah. very convenient, I'll and give it that. Am I right in thinking the same thing happened in the episode, the classic episodes we watched with Kekillian, where they... Did they lose the TARDIS, then just find it again?
0: No, that that was just... They'd left it in that... Um, but, cavern, they knew where it
1: was. Don't the, the, the rocks. Don't some rocks fall?
0: I think, are you thinking, like, right at the end, the TARDIS falls off a cliff. And that's Maybe. the cliffhanger for. I, I like might that. have yeah.
1: misremembered that. Yeah.
0: Uh, but anyway, no, it, I mean, it's certainly not the first or last time we get a bit of Deus Ex TARDIS yeah. in this show. So the
1: TARDIS starts towing away the ship. Yeah. And the Doctor communicates with the ship and says, I'll swap you Ida for Rose.
0: Yes, cuz at this point we we assumed Ida was dead cuz she only had enough oxygen to last like an hour or something. Yeah, and, and she was left at the top of the pit. and
1: I think the doctor does say, you know, she's a little bit oxygen starved, yeah. she'll wake up in a bit.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so yeah, so um
0: they 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 swap it um and it's pretty much I guess happily ever after. The the um is it Rose asking the doctor what actually was it? Yeah, yeah. So the
1: doctor says that he's never deciphered the writing. Yeah. He says if you know everything, you may as well stop. Yeah. Which is quite nice. That yeah. lends into his adventurous nature. Yeah. And Rose is worried when the devil said that she'll die in battle. Yeah. So the doctor just says, "Ah, oh, he was lying." Yeah. Yeah. I'm not sure he was. I'm gonna keep one eye on that. I don't know. the Doctor's pretty smart. He'd probably uh, bang on the money there. I would have thought. Um. And then the final. Yeah. Part of the episode is the rocket says, "We just have one question: Who are you?" Yeah, and the Doctor says, "Oh, we're the stuff of legends." And mm. mm. the title—that's quite a quite nice. Awesome.
0: I do want to mention uh, just before that, when they when they were questioning, like you know, what was the beast, and the Doctor's response to that was, "I think we beat it, and that's enough for me." Yeah, and that kind of summarises. I I I love. The way this episode handles the whole notion of the beast hmm. by never giving a definitive answer.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: It's always ambiguous whether you could be like it's an alien creature. It's incredibly powerful and incredibly old. Um, in fact, another thing we didn't mention was the fact that it claims to be before time. Yes, and the doctor uh, and it's can't like comprehend. Yeah, it. he says it doesn't fit with my rules my understanding of the universe uh, that you can have things that are as old as time or outside of time yes but before time doesn't work for him mm. um but anyway so you could have that you could accept it's like some ancient almost godlike alien being um that has become the source of myth and legend so it's what propagated throughout the universe what
1: i really liked was you would assume in the depths of of space. Yeah. Trapping something of that size, yeah, would require some sort of futuristic technology. Yeah. But it's all very primitive. So yeah. it's, you know, how did they trap it?
0: Yeah. Um and I think the thing is the the that the Doctor Who universe is a flexible enough universe that it can that it can contain civilizations um where science is is almost akin to magic yes. it's that kind of yeah. thing it's the whole um marvel universe thor rules of yeah. you know it's basically fantasy but we're we're going to just science our way around it a little bit just enough to let you get on and enjoy mm. the fantasy um so i think that's basically what's going on there yeah um so but, yeah, but yeah uh, cracking, thoroughly enjoyed it. Cracking thoroughly story. enjoyed it. One of yeah. the best
1: we've seen. Yeah, if not, probably. Yeah, up there.
0: I think well the thing that so much of it works for me. We've already talked about the set design works brilliant. I think the direction, by and large, is spot on. A couple of little step ups, like I think for the, the like the discovery of the tardis for example, that happened so quickly and so convenient. I feel like they could they could have shot that differently. In a way where it feels a bit more of a discovery, mm-hmm. um, which might let
1: you—it
0: literally just drops down <laughs> yeah. next to, you,
1: just like, oh, there you yeah. are. Off we go. One one <laughs> thing I did once I'd finished this, yeah, was up until this point the best episode we've watched in season two. Yeah, I think is "Girl in the Fireplace." Yes, and these are absolute chalk and cheese. They are "Girl in cool. the Fireplace." Is this charming, almost love story? Yeah. Whereas this is balls to the wall. Guns and yeah, it's violence. Yeah, sci-
0: it's, it's sci-fi horror. It's yeah. it's um, Yeah.
1: And I, I don't know whether I can place one above the <laughs> other because I love them both for totally different reasons.
0: And that, my friend, is the beauty of Doctor Who. Mm. No other show can go to those extremes and sell such different stories and tell them both so well and be mm. so satisfying and feel... As though, Because it doesn't feel like you were watching a different show in both cases. no, it no was no. definitely Doctor Who because you had the TARDIS, you had the Doctor, you had the Doctor's Companion and with those three ingredients you will always feel like you're watching Doctor Who mm. no matter where the story goes or how it's told. Um, and, and it is interesting to compare the two because one of the reasons we were praising Girl in the Fireplace so much was because it gave us answers to every question. Mm. By the end of that episode it was like a perfect little puzzle box, not a piece out of place. Yeah. We knew exactly, you know, what it was. Like. Whereas this two parter, it's just mystery. Yeah, it's it, all about the it, unexplained.
1: Yeah, it doesn't and the un- inexplicable. It doesn't necessarily answer all the questions. No, it, it doesn't at all. You know, we we understand why the planet's impossible, but then not how it nope. came to be impossible nope. or... or when. What the beast is, yeah, uh, but
0: we still feel satisfied because yeah. we still had a rip roaring story all the way through it, and the doctor's not like pretending he knows more than we do. No, it, no. Uh, we um, are we are in his shoes, just being like, well, we survived, and that's enough for now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you know? yeah. It. I really enjoyed this episode. Really
0: enjoyed it. Oh, I'm so pleased to hear it. So, so I mean, we're getting close to the finale now. Mm-hmm. So maybe we're kind of hitting our stride, we're on a roll. Fingers crossed, you will enjoy Love and Monsters yep. as much as we enjoyed this one. So, we'll see. so tune in next week and see what Matt made of that.
1: Hi folks. One thing we just wanted to note before we sign off for this episode is as we mentioned, we're approaching the end of season. So in our end-of-season wrap-up, we would welcome any questions from you. Our contact details, as always, are pod at gmail.com. Alternatively, over Twitter, we are at pod. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week.
0: listening to Neither the Time Nor the
1: Space If you wish to contact us our email address is timenorspacepod at gmail.com and on Twitter we are at Pod. And thank you to Alexander Urban for his
0: smashing arrangement of the Doctor Who.